Thank you for traveling with Amex Platinum. To your right, you'll see Oceanside Relaxation at a fine hotel and resort property. When booked through Amex Travel, you can enjoy complimentary breakfast for 2 and 4 p.m. late checkout. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more... Right now, you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Welcome to Fantasy Football Weekly, a production of iHeartRadio. Time now for Fantasy Football Weekly from iHeartRadio, your weekly source for the nation's best fantasy speculation and advice. Now, along with the guys from guillotineleagues.com, here's your host, Paul Charchian. Welcome to another edition of Fantasy Football Weekly. I am Paul Charchi, and my co-hosts today are Brian Johnson and Matt Harrison. Hello, guys. Hi. What's up, guys? Over the course of the show, we will... <laughs> are you doing your chipmunks? What is, what is that? Don't tempt me. Over the course of this show, I'm, I'm we, tempted. we will break down every <laughs> NFL matchup from the Week 6 slate. We'll also give you premature speculation. That's three players we recommend you pick up this week. So that when everybody else is trying to pick that guy up next week, he's already on your roster. Oh, man, that worked out well last week, didn't it, Charge? We'll talk about three tough questions. You can go 3-0 and oh, or try to go 3-0 and oh against our panel of experts. And we will give you nine players upon whom you can take a chance. These are free agent-style players that you can pick up and start. Now, this show recognizes and celebrates greatness. <laughs> athletic athletic greatness in the NFL players we watch on Sunday. Sometimes coaching greatness. Fantastic play design schemes, play calls. But we also celebrate one other kind of greatness, our own. Scott, who is your premature speculation player? I am going that with that, that guy that had that toe-tapping first catch in the NFL on the sidelines in week one. And then a week or two later, he had that big 80-yard touchdown. They call him Mapletron on the team because <laughs> he's from Canada. That's what Juju Smith-Schuster calls him. I'm going with Chase Claypool, six foot four, 238 pounds, 4'4", mm-hmm. four, four, 240. Awesome matchup this week, and people are going to see it. His uh, snap percentage and routes run have increased exponentially week after week. I'm with you, man. He overtook James Washington in snaps last week. Uh, Deontay Johnson and Juju Smith-Schuster aren't always the picture of health. Yeah. I think Chase Claypool shows up this week, and I think he's got a lot of weeks in him this year. Couldn't agree more. Love Chase Claypool. That kid is going to be a ball, or already is. 
We need happy trombones for him, that, too. It's whoa, whoa. a double peacock. Did he double down on the take on, though? He, he I, was it, going to. It, oh, yeah. But why? Oh, he, yeah, he, he didn't. Yeah, he was, it, oh. it would have been an epic, epic take a chance on me, but yeah. he, he did have see? it in the notes originally in our in our little Slack All channel right. that he was going to use Chase Claypool, yep. and he, he backed off of it. Because he was already it, using him for premature speculation. It was an awesome call by Scott Fish, one of the best calls in the history of of Fantasy Football Weekly for an immediate Really, pay, in payback. the history of fantasy football. <laughs> an immediate pay, <laughs> payout on premature speculation. You're going to need to wait until the final segment to get this week's premature speculation. You, oh, and it's going to be just as just good, as I'm good. sure. Four, Four touchdowns, touchdowns guaranteed yep. every week. Every time. Just a different player. <laughs> Two catches, 24 yards for Claypool. <laughs> <laughs> you will find out in short order what we are going to, what we will be predicting for Cleveland and Pittsburgh and Chase Claypool for this week. Deontay Johnson out. Uh, let's turn our attention to the matchups, beginning with Denver taking on New England. It looks like Drew Locke will be back at the helm for the Broncos, so some good news there. Yeah, because so we were going to have this game last week, yeah. but then it got pushed to this week. And last week, the starters were set to be Brett Rippon versus Jarrett Stidham. Right. And now we have Drew Locke versus Cam Newton. That's Much a lot better. better. Yes. Uh, Drew Locke expected to return. I'm still going to leave him on the bench. He only logged 33 passing attempts in his only completed game this season, and the Patriots are allowing a league-low 29.8 passing attempts per game. In his first game back, you think Broncos try to stick to a run-heavy ball control script in New England, except... Melvin Gordon's status is seriously in doubt, uh, was arrested for a DUI earlier this week, and also has been sitting out with a illness. Mm, you can probably see illness, the air quotes over yes, the, yes. the radio. Uh, Still hung over from Tuesday. Maybe. That puts his status severely in doubt for this game. Pedialyte, Melvin. Just get some Pedialyte. That's true. <laughs> um, also, Philip Lindsay was set to return last week, but then got an extra week off, so he's a little bit healthier. And uh, Scott Fish, when doing this preview last week, wrote this stat. <laughs> Gordon has 18 touches in three games this year. All three running backs to top 14 touches. Also topped 80 total yards against the Patriots. But there seems to be no way for Gordon to get to the 18 touch mark with all these things working against him. Mm-hmm. So I'm giving him a C. If if Melvin Gordon is inactive, I'm giving Philip Lindsay the C. Um, that's it on the running game. How about uh, the passing game? Jerry Judy, Tim Patrick, Noah Fant, if he's able to go. Yeah, let's hope he goes. They're all on the bench, though. Fant is questionable with an ankle injury and still may not go at the extra week arrest. Also, K.J. Hamler's in the same boat with a hamstring, although he's more doubtful than questionable. Uh, Jerry Judy has hit the 50-yard mark in every game, and Tim Patrick sure looked good against the Jets, but Stephen Gilmore isn't on the Jets, and he returns to the lineup for the Pats. The Pats are middle of the pack against wideouts, allowing about 13 catches and 170 yards per game. But consider that this offense is going about 10 different directions right now. Mm. I'd leave all the Broncos you can on the bench. Makes sense. On the Patriots side, Cam gets an A. This could be run of the rare Cam passing masterpieces as the Broncos are allowing the second most passing attempts in the league this season, almost 42 per game. And in five of the six games, five of the last six games in which Cam has thrown the ball 41 times, He's topped 300 yards and thrown for multiple scores in five of those six. Man, it's hard to find times when you can trust Cam Newton's arm. 
Yeah, maybe but, this uh, is one of them. Hey, he was just on the COVID list. Maybe his lungs aren't quite right. Maybe he just needs <laughs> to sit back in the pocket and chuck a few this week. And and Denver's actually pretty good against the run. Um, but let's talk about the receivers before we get there. Julian Edelman, I'm giving a B. Nikhil Harry, a C. Every slot receiver to face the Broncos this year has caught at least five receptions. Crowder and Godwin each had good fantasy days against this defense. And the good news is the Broncos are giving up the most receptions per game to the wide receiving wide receivers at 16.8 this year. Uh, that puts Harry in play, too. Now, the running backs, Damian Harris, James White, Rex Burkhead, I don't think you can start any of them unless there's an angle, and the angle isn't really there for this one. The Broncos' one defensive strength may be against the running back. They're only allowing 85 rushing yards per game to opposing backs and just one score through four games, and through the air, it's not much better. Only four receptions for 26 yards per game. They're all on the bench. In this Including one. James White. Including you don't, James White. a receiving angle. There's just, Rex Burkhead's going to eat a few of those receptions. I just don't think there's enough here to give him a confident starting grade. I don't know. I think PPR leagues, you can kind of always start James White, and you get your five, six receptions, your seven targets, your 50 yards. The Broncos are allowing a lot less than that, though, Church. Let's see how it goes. Let's see. Cincinnati takes on Indianapolis. Brian, for Cincinnati, Joe Mixon has been a massive frustration for fantasy owners, and here comes a challenging matchup. Yeah, Mixon has been frustrating, but still probably the safest volume play out there. Has handled 93% of Cincy's running back touches over the last three weeks. But like you said, Charge, the matchups have just been brutal all mm-hmm. year outside they of really Jacksonville have. for Mixon. And that continues with the Colts this week. Indy has not allowed a starting running back to top 72 rushing yards, and only one back has scored on the ground all season. But Mixon has 12 catches over his last two games, and opposing running backs are averaging five receptions per game against the Colts over their last three. So you got to give Mixon a, a sort of safe B here. You're not benching him, that's for sure. Definitely not benching Tyler Boyd. Going to give him a B. Top 10 in targets among wide receivers, and that's not going to change anytime soon. The Colts are a good, uh, aren't a great matchup for wideouts, but slot receivers have seen the most success against them. Jarvis Landry, four catches for 88 yards. Braxton Berrios, four for 64 and a touchdown. Keelan Cole, five for 47 and a touchdown. So Boyd is a safe B. Who is not safe is A.J. Green. Let's get this out of the way. He's on the bench, left last no. week with a hamstring injury. Just drop probably, him. Yeah, Just drop you him. You probably can sabotage drop him at this it's point. It's not even a sabotage at this uh, point because yeah, nobody's really. going to pick up A.J. You're Green. right. Uh, I might still because I still love A.J. But anyway, it's so you, sad. You anyway, You want to trade for him in the Empire League, Brian? No. <laughs> Correct. I'm, I'm, exactly. I'm see? full on tanking, man. Well, maybe I do. Uh, anyway, T. Higgins. Can you you can't see? say that you're tanking. You just Why? have to pretend. I he declare yes, tankruptcy. <laughs> he has to pretend he's 0-5? Yes. <laughs> By the way, declaring tankruptcy, that, that that's, copyright. That's got something that's right there. That's got some that's legs. Some anyway, uh, T. Higgins, going to give him a C. The Colts have allowed the fifth fewest receptions to wide receivers, but the, they've allowed six touchdowns to wide receivers. So if you're desperate, I will give T. A. C. Drew Sample, though, on the bench. Opposing tight ends are averaging 3.4 catches and 27 yards per game against the Colts with zero touchdowns. Bench for Sample. And also a bench for Joe Burrow. Colts allowing less than 18 points per game. That's second best in the league. The Bengals' offensive line is one of the two worst in the league. The yeah. Colts have a top-five pass rush. Burrow is actually second in end zone throws. But only he's converted three of those to touchdowns. Ow. That's not all his Ow. fault, but uh, yeah, just Burrow on the bench this week, sadly. If you're the Bengals this next draft, all offensive line, all the time. Oh, and I yeah. know they've already put a bunch of picks into the offensive mm-hmm. line, they need more. 
Over to the Colts side, uh, Jonathan Taylor. I'm giving him an aid. I'm willing the monster breakout game here. Opposing running backs are averaging 150-plus combo yards per game against the Bengals, who just lost another defensive player to IR, defensive end Sam Hubbard. Defensive tackle DJ Reader might not play in this game. Volume has been an issue for Taylor, but he has the fifth-most red zone carries, fourth-most goal line carries, and has scored in three of the last four games. I'm liking him here in a suspected blowout for the Colts. Mm-hmm. T.Y. Hilton, <sighs> poorest. Still gets a C, though. Did see seven targets last week, but the problem is those targets are coming from Phillip Rivers. We'll talk about him in a second. The Bengals have actually played wide receivers kind of tough. They have. But no one, no one has topped 100 yards against them, but opposing number ones have had nice days against Cincy. Odell Beckham, four catches, 74 yards, and a touchdown. Greg Ward. At the time, the number one receiver for Philly, 8 for 72-1. and one. DJ Chark scored twice. Marquise Brown, 77 yards and a touchdown last week. So I'm giving Hilton a C. And Phillip Rivers, still on the bench. Since he is bottom 10 in opponent passing play percentage, uh, teams just passing 55% of the time against them. And if you've watched him play, that's all you need to know. Yeah, for sure. He looks it, so it, bad. It, looks, it does. It like, looks bad. He looks 50. Cooked. Cooked. Baltimore's taking on Philadelphia. We'll start on the Baltimore side. Lamar Jackson's an obvious A, and I'm not going to spend a lot more time on that. Although, we'll note that the Baltimore offense really hasn't seemingly hit its rhythm quite yet, where it's been really explosive. Although, a good game last week, the explosion could be coming here. Mark Andrews also gets an A. The Eagles are one of four teams to allow at least five touchdowns to tight ends, and the very comparable George Kittle just shredded them for 15 catches, 183 yards, and a touchdown last week. Marquise Brown gets a C grade here. The Eagles secondary has yielded the six most fantasy points to opposing receivers, and Brown has notched at least 77 yards in three of the first five games. He'll get shadow coverage from Darius Slay, which worries me, and that's part of why he's only a C grade here. Through five games, Darius Slay has yet to allow a score or more than 66 yards in his coverage in any game. So just the C grade for Marquise Brown. And here's the real frustration point with the Ravens. It's the running backs, and they're all on the bench. It's come to this. You could try Mark Ingram, but be aware that you're getting a wholly touchdown dependent back with Mark Ingram at this point. He just doesn't carry the ball enough. Now, he is the only back who's regularly getting red zone carries. So, again, you could roll the dice on a touchdown here, but that's what you're doing with Mark Ingram. If he doesn't score, he's going to hurt your team. He's Jordan Howard now. He is Jordan Howard. Only Daryl Henderson has topped 54 rushing yards against Philadelphia this season. It's a tough matchup anyway. Only four backs have beaten them for more than more than 66 yards in their last 24 outings. So it's hard to run on the Eagles anyway. So all the all the all of the Baltimore running backs are on the bench. The rushing yards are going to come through Lamar Jackson. Now let's get to the Philly side. Where is it? It is a disaster grade offensive line. The latest loss. Left tackle Lane Johnson ruled out. And then on Friday, important utility guard who'd been filling in, Matt Pryor, got put on the COVID list. It's just been horrible for this offensive line that will have one of five starters in it. It's gotten to the point where other NFC teams are going to start jockeying for position to play the NFC East. Yeah, yeah, maybe in, in, in the playoffs. Yeah, everybody's yeah, going to try to be the five right. seed. Yeah. Exactly. Um, <laughs> let's talk about some of the uh, the few players that I think you can find a way to start. And it certainly isn't Carson Wentz who's on the, on the bench. His protection's been horrible. His receivers are free agent quality. His running game takes no heat off him, and he's playing badly. And then there's the Baltimore defense. So we're, all of that together, Carson Wentz is on the bench. The only, not, I'm not starting any of his receivers, including last week's star, Travis Fulgham. 
They're all out for this week against the Steelers. Or sorry, against uh, against Baltimore. And then the one guy you you may want to play is Zach Ertz. Now I know Zach Ertz has been a disaster, mm-hmm. but get this: the one weakness with Baltimore is the tight end position. They've given up good fantasy games already this year to David and Joku, Jordan Akins, Darren Fells, and of course Travis Kelsey. Ertz is better than three of those four guys, and if they're going to get anything done through the air, it'll go through Zach Ertz. The one difference is, is all those teams that you mentioned have wide receivers. Yeah, that's a good point. (laughs) And Ertz Ertz is going to have to block as well in this game, so I'm not expecting a throwback to the great days of Zach Ertz, but I am giving him a C grade in this game. Miles Sanders, I almost put him on the bench, and it's just the C grade because of the state of the offensive line so bad. Last week... He, you probably saw his highlight 74-yard touchdown run. What you didn't see if you didn't watch the game were his other 10 rushes for six yards. That's right. And, you know, it's not really fair to just throw out his one good play, but if he didn't make that one good play, it would have been a disaster game for him, and he could have another disaster one against a good Ravens team allowing the ninth-fewest rushing yards in the NFL. When we come back, take a chance on me. These are nine players, not normally in your starting lineup. You'll be able to pick many of these players up off the waiver wire in this, a tricky bye week, when we come back to Fantasy Football Weekly. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card... Hey, this looks amazing! I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. free version of take a chance on me we will give you three quarterbacks three running backs and three receivers many of whom are available off the waiver wire that you can pick up and start this week beginning with the quarterback position and brian johnson not the first time I'm going to recommend Gardner Minshew this oh, time at and you home. hit pay dirt last time I did uh that was probably two weeks ago three weeks ago but anyway uh, Minshew at home against the Lions, who have allowed multiple passing touchdowns in every game, including three to 
Oh, wow. Even sad Tromponsky. God, you guys are on it right now. Look at you go. Mind melding. Yes, the Lions might get cornerback Desmond Trufant back in uniform, but he is still iffy with the groin injury. Detroit might be without slot corner Daryl Roberts as well. And yes, DJ Chark will probably miss this game, but I'm still rolling out Gardner Minshew, who can move mobile quarterbacks like Sad Trombonesy and Kyle Allen combined for 55 rushing yards and a touchdown and just eight carries against Detroit. Minshew's going to throw for at least two touchdowns in this game. Really? I should have been playing. Happy Trombonesy because yeah. he played the Lions. He threw. He had three touchdowns in that game. Mm. If I'm going to extrapolate Sad trombonski stats. It's at least seven touchdowns for Minshew in this game. <laughs> <laughs> By talent, wow. at the talent extrapolator. Exactly. We need a talent extrapolator soundbite. <laughs> Bang. Sure, sure it's not the aardvark? <laughs> no, that's not a talent extrapolating sound whatsoever. Oh, that you found an aardvark. Oh, yeah. Sounds like a last cricket. Week, we found, like a giant we found, cricket. We found, well, Brianne found what... Of course we, she did. Honestly, it could be anything she says it's an aardvark. I don't know. She's just whistling it. <laughs> right. Who, who knows? We're just I, trusting Brienne on this I don't, one. It could be a platypus. I don't know. That sounds like a ringtone that no one wants to use on their <laughs> you guys iPhone. You have a better idea of how it would sound. That's, that's the ringtone when your bitter ex-girlfriend calls oh. you. I would imagine more to something like a hard, hard, aardvark. Uh, aardvark aardvark says its own say name. Their name. Yeah. It's like Scooby-Doo? Yeah. Uh, pretty sure. Aardvark's. We're off the rails, officially. Okay, anyway, let's get back to the take a chance on me quarterbacks, Matt. Ryan Tannehill is my take a chance on me QB. So far through four games, Tannehill has thrown touchdown passes nine times. Nine times. Nine times. He's only thrown one interception in that span. So far through five games, the Texans have given up a touchdown pass nine times. (laughs) What? Nine times. Nine the mouse moved. <laughs> We're really off the rails. We really are. Uh, the Texans have yet to force an interception this year. Uh, in their two meetings last year, he threw for multiple scores in both games and added a rushing touchdown. This is a good matchup for Tannehill. Andy Dalton will drop back to pass. He looks left. There's Amari Cooper. He looks right. There's Michael Gallup. Crossing across the middle of the field. Here's CeeDee Lamb. Or... Dump off to Dalton Schultz. Or coming out of the backfield, one of the best pass-catching running backs, Ezekiel Elliott. I That's, thought you were going to say Tony Pollard. And, to, and or Tony Pollard. <laughs> a Dalton to Dalton connection. Mm. They will stretch a thin secondary for uh, Arizona that is outmatched at every spot. And if you're under the misconception that Patrick Peterson is still a shutdown cornerback, close your clamshell flip phone, go to the shelf, pick up a World Book Encyclopedia, Leave through the pages until you get to 2020. You will not see a picture. Patrick Peterson. In particular, Dallas's most reliable receiver, uh, CeeDee Lamb's got an awesome matchup in the slot. Every quarterback to face the Cardinals has thrown a touchdown. Most of them have thrown more than one. Let's go to the running back position. Brian. Uh, we didn't think it would be this deep at this point, but DeAndre Swift is a deep pull, but I'm going there. He's yep. at, at Jacksonville. Uh, not getting many carries, DeAndre Swift is, but he has been active in the passing game, at least four catches in two of his last three games with a receiving touchdown during that span. And he's been seeing uh, usage as a slot receiver, and that should ramp up. Um, and Swift ranks third among all running backs in yards per route run mm. on non-screen plays, Okay, only behind Alvin Kamara and Green Bay's Aaron Jones. Opposing running backs are averaging more than six catches per game against the Jags, who are also yielding the second most red zone targets to running backs, an elite 
GPP play in daily is DeAndre Swift. Okay. All right. I got Leonard Fournette, who did not practice at all in Week 5 leading up to their Thursday night game against the Bears. He was active in that game, though, and he played one snap. Now, this week... Oh, one whole snap. One whole snap. All right. Hey, they put him on the field. That means something, right? That means a little bit yes. of health. Yes. Um, this week, he's been limited in practice, still with that ankle injury, but it's all but assumed he's going to play. And because we've seen two straight weeks of 100-yard output from Ronald Jones, it's time for Bruce Arians to be Bruce Arians. Mess with our minds and put Fournette up to for another uh, big game. Fournette has caught seven of his eight targets out of the backfield this year. And this week he gets a Packers team that is allowing almost eight catches and 70 yards per game to opposing backs out of the backfield. If this game turns into a shootout and Brady is forced to throw... It seems like the Bucks trust Fournette to be the back on the field to help protect Brady in passing situations and get a few dump-offs here and there. So I like him to be the top-scoring back in Tampa this week. I'm going to build off of Brian's case for a Lions running back, and that's Adrian Peterson. His usage is tied directly to the team's success. When the Lions are winning, he gets used. When they're lo- losing, he does not. He gets double the amount of snaps when the Lions are leading. That brings in this week's opponent for Adrian Peterson, the Jaguars, who have held a lead for 8% of their plays Hmm. this year. That's it. So, Lions get out to a lead. They run Adrian Peterson. You get victory. It's rare that we see competing take a chance on me runners. They're complimentary. Okay. They're complimentary. Take a chance on me players. Let's go to the receivers. Brian. Call me coronavirus because I'm staying in Florida and I'm, good, and I'm not going anywhere with this Jacksonville-Detroit matchup. I got Keelan Cole of the Jaguars going up against the Lions. Cole has at least five targets in every game and should see an increase with DJ Chark very iffy to play in this one. Cole has also scored in three of five games. The Lions have yielded the fourth most red zone touches to wide receivers. Hmm. And they've only played in four games, Detroit, yeah. by the way. And mentioned earlier that Detroit could be without slot corner Daryl Roberts. But he wasn't much help against the, I guess, comparable Andy Isabella, who torched Roberts for 100-plus yards and two touchdowns. Cole has the same upside. All right. Matt. I've got Brandon Cooks. And according to Josh Hermsmeyer of Establish the Run, Cooks is leading the team with 28% of the Texans' air yards. It just hasn't amounted to the big play as of yet. Well, until last week. Well, yeah, I guess. He had he had a touchdown last week. He's averaging almost seven targets per game, and this week he gets a Titans defense that's allowing 16 catches and 197 yards per game to the wide receiver position. So even after Will Fuller gets his six for 80 and a score, there's enough left for Cooks. Well, I'm going... We're, yeah. we're, I'm also we're dueling. I'm just piggybacking wow. off of... Um, <laughs> <laughs> off of Brian, I have another Jaguars receiver, LaVishka Chenault. I look at, as you mentioned, DJ Chark, not going to go in this one. By the way, I put out my guys first. Where, where, where's that? Chris Conley, though? This, this yeah. Yeah, where is Chris guy? Conley? The, normally, this is a, you watch, it's going to be a Chris yeah, Conley good. spot right here. We've done it now. We have. Uh, I love Chenault, though. Uh, he was already trending towards more and more usage with rising targets and receptions in every game. In Chenault's last two games, 86 yards and 79 yards. And even with the bye week, the Lions are going to be without Desmond Trufant, Justin Coleman, playing predominantly from the right side. LaVishka Chenault will face rookie Jeff Okuda, 
who has failed his trial by fire, ranking 115th among cornerbacks by pro football. So I'm right. Jeff this Okuda down. is an offensive lineman's name too, isn't it? Well, that's, that's not a cornerback. Yeah, I know. That, got, he, it he starts be, there. So we're starting Carryon Johnson and Chris. <laughs> yeah, yeah, here's how it goes. You watch. <laughs> who that's wants to be a go. millionaire? <laughs> let's get back to some matchups, including Houston taking. Well, they, we were just talking about Houston and Tennessee. Sure. Let's go to the let's go to the Houston side. I like Deshaun Watson a lot in this game. How do you feel? Yeah, I gave him an A grade. Watson has four career games against the Titans and four career multi-touchdown passing days. He's also added a rushing touchdown in two of his four meetings with the Titans, so that's good. He shouldn't fear them this year either as the Titans are allowing 273-2 and to opposing ball chuckers this year. Will Fuller, his uh, favorite wide receiver, gets an A, has played the Titans five times and somewhat expectedly has scored four touchdowns against them because when Will Fuller plays, he usually scores. We established that the Titans are giving up a lot through the air, but most of that is going to the wide receiver position. Seven for 175 to Justin Jefferson and 106 yards to Steph Diggs in the last two games. Mm -hmm. That's why Brandon Cooks was also my take a chance on me wide receiver. I am going to leave Randall Cobb on the bench, though. Same with Jordan Aikens, who's still dealing with the concussion in week four. Lastly, on the Houston side, David Johnson. I'm giving him a B grade, and I don't want to pretend like David Johnson is good anymore. No, thank you, because I'm tired of people trying to tell me that David Johnson's a great back. He's, He's not. just like what he was. He's taking high teens worth of workload and turning it into like 60 yards per game. But Boring. fortunately, the Titans' run defense has been gouged to the tune of 124 yards per game to opposing backs. That includes 5.6 yards per carry on the season. And if you can't start David Johnson this week, he does not deserve to be on your roster. Agreed. Uh, on the other side, Derrick Henry is this week's Fantasy Aardvark. Oh, you don't say. Yes. Fantasy Aardvark. And last week's Fantasy Aardvark broke his ankle severely. <laughs> oh, so no. I hope this isn't the curse of the Aardvark. <laughs> so he gets the double A grade. Uh, last time he faced the Texans, 211 yards and three scores. And the Texans are allowing 5.2 yards per carry. Ryan Tannehill was, of course, my take a chance on me quarterback. Uh, the other two guys we need to mention, A.J. Brown, I'm giving him a B grade. Uh, just came off the injury report. They gave him a little extra rest this week after playing on Tuesday. The Texans allowed big days to both Adam Thielen and Justin Jefferson, but have basically kept the other wide receivers in check this year. However, they do give up over a touchdown per game to the position. And with Corey Davis still on the COVID list as of right now, it's likely Brown who sees the additional targets. And Brown did score in both meetings last year and mm. topped 100 yards in each of the meetings. Finally, Jonu Smith. Charge? Yes. I, I didn't even write anything down for Jonu Smith. I really? just wrote A grade. Yeah. Charge, do you want to take some time to talk about Jonu? Why, yes, I would, as a matter of fact. I'd love to talk about Jonu Smith. Who is the number one tight end in fantasy points per game? Jonu Smith. Yeah. Who's number two in yards after the catch among tight ends? Jonu Smith. Who's Pro Football Focus's highest rated tight end? Jonu Smith. It's all it's all come up Jonu Smith. I'm I'm not going to do any Jonu Smith matchups the rest of the year. I'm just you know, going to be like uh, and just, and charge go. Yeah, and don't tempt me. I could yeah. break it down much further than that, but at this point all you have to say is Jonu Smith, an obvious A grade. He's the, there's nothing we he's would. He's the best say, tight end in football. There's nothing we would say that would stop you from starting him anyway. That's right. Powering teams through <laughs> and into the fantasy playoffs, Jonu Smith. Uh, when we come back, we will talk about Washington taking on the Giants. Do we get a bounce back game from a Washington offense that only put up 108 yards in a game? Terry. What happened to Terry McLaurin? <laughs> well, could he come back in this one? We'll tell you when, when we come back. Also, a little later in the show, three tough questions and premature speculation. 
if you have not yet tried the freshest new way to play fantasy football, guillotineleagues.com. New leagues being created almost every day at guillotineleagues.com. Every week, the low-scoring team gets chopped, and all their players go to the waiver wire, where all the remaining teams get to feast on those players. All you have to do is be the last man standing. Guillotineleagues.com. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card. Hey, this looks amazing. I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Fantasy Football Weekly, Paul Chargy and Brian Johnson and Matt Harrison with you. We return to matchups. Detroit taking on Jacksonville. We've already talked about most of the Detroit notables in this game, except... And the Jacksonville. Well, yeah, and Jacksonville. <laughs> I uh, got a few. With the exception of my highest rated wide receiver of the week, Kenny Galladay. Mm. But not Are we the, allowed not, to use uh, Fonzie? Oh, yeah, we're going to like. Somebody's going to threaten us with legal yeah. action over that. <laughs> oh, those It'll happy days. Henry people. Winkler. Gonna, <laughs> Henry Winkler. Oh, he, he's door. really nice. But anyway, the fantasy Fonzie for Kenny Galladay, Jacksonville. By the way, Kenny Galladay, like. 180% healthier right now. He's like the healthiest he's ever been. Uh, Jacksonville has surrendered at least one wide receiver score in three of their past four games. Galladay should see plenty of rookie corner, seventh round rookie corner, Ugh. Chris Claybrooks, who was flamed by Brandon Cooks, by the way, Matt. <laughs> yep, Cooks had like 150 yards and the touchdown. You really, yeah. you really poo pooed on him. But anyway, yeah. Cooks conceded two inches. To Clay Brooks, right? Yes. Yeah. Galladay has five inches and 40 pounds on Clay Brooks. So uh, the Fonzie for Galladay, easy A. I'm going to give Marvin Jones a C. The Jags are one of nine teams to allow at least 850 yards to wide receivers. That's 170 yards a game. Yeah, Jones had one catch on two targets last week, but in his three games prior, he topped 50 yards or scored a touchdown. So he gets a C. I think he's a B. I, lo- I like him. Too. I, uh, well, I like Danny Amendola, too. So And I like DeAndre Swift. So C for Jones. C for Amendola, slot receivers at fared well against Jacksonville, easily have cleared 10-plus PPR points. Paris Campbell, Adam Humphreys, Tyler Boyd, Randall Cobb, all of them. And TJ Hawkinson, going to give him a B. Positive 
is how I feel about this matchup. <laughs> Hawkinson has at least top 50 yards and or scored a touchdown in every game. The Jaguars have allowed the third most yards to tight ends and have also allowed at least one score to the position in three of their last four games. So, A, B for TJ Hawkinson. Matt Stafford gets an easy A here, too. Every quarterback to face the Jags has thrown for 300 yards and or multiple touchdowns. Everyone is healthy for the Lions. Stafford is on point right now. Multiple, multiple, multiple touchdowns in three of four games and six of the past seven going back to last year. And then to the running backs, Charge, Adrian Peterson was your take a chance on me running back. Yes. DeAndre Swift was mine. Uh, they both should produce uh, in what should be a shootout here. Over I'll the, take the rushing yards. You take the passing yards. Deal. All right. Over to the Jacksonville side. Not a lot to talk about here. James Robinson does get a B. Aaron Jones kind of inflated the opposing running back numbers against Detroit, but even David Montgomery and Kenyon Drake averaged more than five yards per carry mm. against Detroit. The Saints just totaled three rushing touchdowns against them. By the way, I was off last week. Latavius Murray had two touchdowns. This might take a chance on me running back in uh, week four, by the way. So mm-hmm. you can You're going to try to peacock from two weeks ago? Well, I wasn't here last week. What else am I supposed to do? Anyway, J-Rob should bounce back, yeah, averaging give, five give catches over Come his on. last three he, games. He, this. he is this. No, I don't need this. I think you do. I just say, <laughs> it's just obvious. Two touchdowns from a running back. Come on now. He is still a bell cow, J-Rob. Has a safe floor, as does every starting running back against Detroit. They've at least totaled 74 combo yards and four or five catches, so double PPR points in the books for Robinson. And then DJ Chark, prob- he's on the bench, unlikely to play. Even if he does, you're looking at a decoy role. Lavishka Sh- Chenault, your take a chance me wide receiver charge. Yep. Keelan Cole was my take a chance me wide receiver. And Gardner Minshew, my take a chance me quarterback. All right, what about Chris Conley? He should be He's the my, listeners take a chance he's on my me. Bonus. Bonus. Take a exactly. chance on me, no, wide receiver. Now, we are ultimately jinxing Cole and Chenault into bad games, and Chris Connolly. Maybe I, I'm, I'm going to build Assuming some lineups. With Chris Ten Connelly. for one sixty and two. It could be. They you could never be. know. Washington takes on the Giants, and man, these are two bad, bad offenses. As I mentioned last segment, Washington with 108 total yards of offense last year, last week, and negative six yards of offense in the second half. Ruining what was a try, a, an amazing return for Alex Smith. Didn't work out that way, unfortunately. <laughs> now the offensive line does get guard Brandon Sheriff back, and that's huge. And God, do they need him because that offensive line was brutal last week. I still like Antonio Gibson. In fact, I think this is a perfect time to trade for Antonio Gibson coming off a bad game. Each running back with at least 10 touches against the Giants has averaged. 91 yards and 1.2 touchdowns per game. I don't know if there'll be enough gibbage time in this one, though. I don't think he even needs the gibbage time. They could be just outright winning. Okay. You never know. Despite the sputtering offense around him and splitting some of the backfield duties with J.D. McKissick, uh, Antonio Gibson still commanding 14 touches a game. Most importantly, he just passes the eye test. He looks good when he's given anything to work with. I'm convinced that Gibson is a good back who has had some bad run behind a bad offensive line that hopefully is getting better. I think this is a buy low moment on Gibson, and he gets a B grade for this game. Uh, J.D. McSuckett gets a C grade. PPR option is uh, is a possibility here. As a, in, I think he does get some, get some receptions. He's seeing about half the running back snaps, the other half going to Gibson. Giants have allowed big games through the air to David Montgomery and Jeff Wilson out of the blue. So there's no reason McKissick can't succeed here as well. So C grade for J.D. McSuckett in PPR leagues only. And that brings us to Terry McLaurin, the only other Washington player <laughs> that might be tempted. Here's the problem. Normally... 
McLaurin finds his way to a good game, no matter what, no matter the opponent, no matter how mm-hmm. bad his quarterbacking is. And by the way, I should have mentioned Kyle Allen returns to the helm here. But he's going to get shadow coverage from James Bradbury, who struggled a little bit in the opener and then since then has been awesome. Since the opener, he's allowing an average of 23 scoreless yards. And speaking of 23 yards, that's what he just held Amari Cooper to 23 yards in Mm -hmm. shadow coverage. So I only have the C grade on Terry McLaurin. And honestly, I wouldn't blame you if you benched him if you've got other good options. Let's go to the Giants side. Only two players to talk about. The first is Darius Slayton in the passing game. The Giants offense has generated two passing touchdowns through five games. That's horrible. He's facing a Washington secondary that has allowed two receivers to top 70 yards and two receivers to find the end zone all year. And he's got a tough matchup against Kendall Fuller, who's played very well and has three interceptions in his last three games. So Slayton, just a C grade. And then the only other player that you would uh, even consider starting is running back Devonta Freeman. Seeing over half the running back snaps in back-to-back weeks, he's seeing an increase in rushing attempts, rushing yards, and rushing yards per carry, which is good. Since shutting down the Miles sanders list Eagles, Washington has allowed 115 rushing yards per game, which is six most, and 1.5 touchdowns per game to opposing running backs. So I think you can use Devonta Seaman Freeman. <laughs> Whoa. Devonta Freeman at sea. Wait, how do you know he hasn't been in the Navy? He could have been in the Navy. We don't know that. I was just about to say no Evan Engram, and now I'm all I'm all It's a I'm C all. grade for Devonta Freeman, which makes him a seaman. It's a C grade. Seaman. A seaman. <laughs> That's exactly right. Evan Ingram. At this no? point, I'm just going to stop talking, and Matt will tell you about <laughs> Cleveland and Pittsburgh. Uh, Kareem Hunt is also a C-man, uh, but I think it's an elevated C-man. Let's call it a C-extreme. Uh, he's going to get all of the work in the backfield that loves to run. The problem is the Steelers are only allowing 51 yards per game to opposing backs. Now, Miles Sanders did score twice last week and had that one huge run against the Steelers, but that was the best fantasy day for running back against the Steelers since week 16 of 2018 when Alvin Kamara scored twice and tallied over 100 yards. That was like an eclipse last week. They don't happen often. Baker Mayfield, he's on your bench. Mayfield has faced the Steelers three times in his career, and while he did throw for two touchdown passes in two of those games, he still never topped 200 yards against a Mike Tomlin defense, and he's only averaging 195 per game on the air, good for 26th in the league. That's not good enough for him to get a starting grade. Odell Beckham and Jarvis Landry, I'm going to give them both... You know, C grades. They're both C men as well. Uh, the Steelers are allowing 203 yards per game to the wide receiver position, and Travis Fulgham roughed them up a little bit last week. Odell couldn't top 60 yards in his two games against the Steelers last year, and he's only topped 60 yards four times in his last 10 total outings, and he hasn't topped 81 yards in one of those. So uh, he's just to see. Landry had season highs in targets and yards last week but only converted those nine targets to 44 yards. He still hasn't scored on the year, and he has one touchdown in his last 10 games. Austin Hooper's on the bench. It's just a matchup-based thing for Hooper, and this isn't the matchup for it. Okay. Over on the Steelers' side, Big Ben, he's getting an A. He's fourth in the league in touchdown passes, facing a defense that has allowed the third most touchdowns through the air this season. Sounds good. And 314 yards per game. 
Chase Claypool mm. hmm, and Juju Smith-Schuster. I'm giving them both B grades in this game. And it, it's closer to A grades, actually. It's like a high B. It's a B extreme. There is no such thing, but there is a B grade. Uh, Deontay Johnson still out this week, so Chase Claypool and his world tour continues. Uh, he's currently leading the Steelers in air yards and touchdowns. Juju is running strictly from the slot, but yep. getting about six targets per game. The Browns just put starting cornerback Greedy Williams on IR, and Denzel Ward has been beaten for three touchdowns so far this year. He's been bad. And oh, by the way, the Browns are allowing over 200 yards and a score and a half to the wide receiver Oof. position every game. Eric Ebron gets a B. He's averaging five targets per game and has had five receptions in each of his last two outings. The Browns are allowing almost seven catches and 62 yards to the position mm. and allowed four tight end touchdowns in five games. Finally, James Conner, he gets a B grade as well. After laying an egg in week one, Conner has scored in three straight and topped 102 of three. The Browns have been pretty good against the yardage this season, though, as no back has topped 57 yards against them. But they have allowed five rushing touchdowns in five games, and that probably goes to Connor in this one. And I think that I think the Steelers are just going to absolutely roll the Browns in this one. Kind of hope you're wrong. It'd be fun to have Cleveland relevant. It again. would be fun. And this but, is this is the kind of statement game that would bring absolutely. the Cleveland franchise relevancy they have not had since. They left Cleveland. One of my kids gave up on the Vikings, and he's now a Browns fan he for followed, no good reason. Wow, followed Kevin Stefanski. <laughs> followed Stefanski. Kevin Stefanski. So he's, he's telling me every week, yeah, Browns are 4-1, and one, wearing his Odell jersey. It's mm-hmm. like, okay, I gotcha. He's got a Browns Odell jersey? He's got a Browns Odell jersey. Wow. He's got a Giants Odell hat. Yeah, okay. that's Jakey, yeah. Chicago takes on <laughs> up, Carolina. Jake? Bryant, now, if you're a David Montgomery owner, you've had this game circled all year. Every year, every week, you're just like, who's got the who's got the Panthers? This is the perfect week for that running back. David Montgomery sitting in a big game. There's nothing I hate more than it's player X week, but it is David Montgomery week. The Panthers are allowing 170 plus combo yards per game to running backs, third most, 1.8 touchdowns per game to running backs, the most. And Montgomery has seen a bump in the passing game with Tariq Cohen on IR. Uh, Monty is averaging seven targets per game, and Carolina has yielded the third most targets and the second most red zone targets to opposing running backs. So put it on the fridge, an A for David Montgomery. Uh, over to the, re- the receiving game for Chicago, Allen Robinson going to give him an A, too. Over the last four weeks, Mike Evans, Keenan Allen, and Calvin Ridley have all topped 100 yards against the Panthers. Uh, A-Rob is certainly cut from the same cloth. He's averaging 13 targets for 100-plus yards over his last two games. Double-digit targets, uh, certainly in the cards for Allen Robinson. I got Anthony Miller and Darnell Mooney on the bench. They cannot be trusted at this point. But... Can Jimmy Graham be trusted as an every week starter? The answer is no. I got him on the bench this week. Graham is tied for the most end zone targets in the NFL among all players, has four touchdowns already, but the Panthers have allowed just one touchdown to a tight end this year, and they gave up just four touchdowns to tight ends last year. Carolina ranks third best in yards allowed to the position in terms of least amount, and no tight end has topped 50 yards in 10 games against Carolina going back to last year. So Graham on the bench this week, as is Nick Foles. You can basically bank on A-Rob's stats, and that's about it for that's Nick it. Foles. Yeah. It's, it's all David Montgomery in this one. Uh, over to the Carolina side, not a lot of love here, uh, starting with Robbie Anderson, who... 
is third in catches overall right now. Yeah, I know. That's, it's shocking how, wide, he's, how good he's been. Wide receiver 56 yes. in August. And, the, and by the way, arguably the, the, the biggest steal in fantasy football. Yeah, right now. he probably is the biggest steal, I, other than maybe Janu Smith. Maybe, maybe Janu Smith. <laughs> uh, by the way, he's daggering DJ Moore. He certainly is. But uh, I think uh, Anderson and Moore are going to get daggered in this one. It's a rough, rough matchup for both. In the last four games, Chicago secondary has only allowed more than. 61 yards to one receiver. That was Calvin Ridley. Mm. The Bears have also only allowed one touchdown to receiver, all, a wide receiver all season. Anderson has a, Anderson has a tough matchup against Kyle, Kyle, uh, Kyle Fuller, who is allowing just 40% of passes to be completed in his coverage. That's good. That said, the Bears have allowed the third most red zone targets to wide receivers, and Anderson is fifth in red zone targets among all players. So I'll still give him a C, but I got DJ Moore on the bench, averaging just five targets per game over the last three weeks. That's not cool. And if you remove his 57-yard catch-and-run touchdown from last week against yeah. Atlanta, yeah. which was kind of fluky, averaging three catches, 36 yards, and zero touchdowns per game is DJ Moore. He is on the bench, as is Teddy Bridgewater, mm. another amazing bargain yes. in drafts this year. I hate to bench Bridgewater, but the Bears' D is pretty much back to elite. They are allowing the fourth fewest points per game. Uh, that's uh, 20 points per game, and no opposing quarterback has thrown for more than one touchdown. And the very comparable Bucks defense held Carolina to 17 points in Week 2. Yes, Bridgewater had 367 passing yards, but he had two picks and no touchdowns. And lastly, at running back, McCaffrey, probably not going to play. No, if he does, not. you're going to play him. No, I'm giving Mike Davis an A. Only Alvin Kamara has seen more targets at running back than Mike Davis, and Davis has missed like a third of the season. The Bears have been decent against opposing backs, but they are allowing 134 combo yards per game to the position. So Davis in play with a B. All right. That was a, uh, that was a lot to talk about. And if it didn't cover all of your questions, you can get all my player rankings available for free mm. at guillotineleagues.com. But we have a whole nother hour of this show coming. Stay tuned to find out more about the rest of the matchups and play along with three tough questions coming up next. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card... Hey, this looks amazing! I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more... Right now, you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details.
back to the show. Fantasy Football Weekly on the fan. Paul Charchin with you. GuillotineLeagues.com. Brian Johnson and Matt Harrison are my hosts. Matt, tell people what's happening in Shock Fantasy. We're putting out the Super Dash every week. We're doing some podcasts, the Shock Fantasy podcast, mm-hmm. which uh, normally we do the Thursday night matchup, Fantasy Football Weekly style, uh, but this past didn't week. have to do it this week. But we also do the Waiver Wire podcast uh, that uh, you used to do on Fantasy <laughs> Football almost daily. I just I picked up where you were le- letting off. So, uh, yeah, Shock Fantasy podcast. Look for that. This is a game we call Three Tough Questions. We encourage you to play along, see if you can go 3-0 with the panel of experts, namely Brian and Matt. Tough question number one. New Kansas City Chief running back Le'Veon Bell certainly hurts Clyde Edwards-Alaire's already wobbly fantasy value, but let's focus on him for a minute. Going forward, once he joins the team next week, will he be an RB1, an RB2, a flex, or a bench player? Brian? So the the Chiefs running back hasn't been the most lucrative spot so far. Uh, Chiefs are averaging just 20 rush attempts per game and under five catches per game when it comes to running backs. And assuming best case scenario, Bell gets 70% of those touch totals. That's not a very uh, impressive amount. I don't see Clyde Edwards Elair ball getting less than 40 percent of the touches moving forward of course the offense is electric in kansas city and bell could be the missing piece to get it fully clicking Uh, the schedule isn't great moving forward he's got the broncos twice the bucks the saints but there are some cupcakes in the mix with the jets revenge game next week Mm. panthers (laughs) dolphins and the falcons in week 16 so it's an up and down bag but bell is going to be the lead back rb2 moving forward with ease okay uh, I don't have much to add from what Brian said, but uh, does he have a lot more in the tank than LaShawn McCoy did last year when he joined the club? And I think it that answer does. is yes. Plus, he's leaving Adam Gase, and every player who leaves Adam Gase ends up having a Pro Bowl season the rest of the way. I only have him as a flex, though. All right, well, let's dig into this. The presumed role for Le'Veon Bell is a one-two punch with Clyde Edwards-Alaire. You know, is he the one or is he the two in this punch is really, I think, a lot of the question here. We know that Bell is the probable goal line back because Clyde Edwards-Alaire hasn't been able to get anything going inside the five-yard line, although they basically stopped trying with him inside the five-yard line. Bell has good hands. He'll chisel into Clyde Edwards-Alaire's already modest role as a receiver. In fact, Bell might have better hands. And Bell will be on the field on third downs because, and this is a, I think this is the sneaky reason they made this move. Clyde Edwards-Alaire is the NFL's bottom-ranked pass-blocking running back. Yikes. If you are the bottom-ranked pass-blocking running back and you are a liability to Patrick Mahomes, you're not on, you're the, field. Not on the field much. And that's what worries me, and that's why I believe that at least on passing downs, and there are a lot of passing downs in this offense, Clyde Edwards-Alaire is not going to be on the field. Now, everybody's going to struggle behind this run-blocking unit that's been bad. And they just lost Kalechi Osemele, their starting guard, who was the backup behind the the starting guard, who decided to go be a doctor all season. Mm -hmm. So... I think there's going to be struggles here many weeks, but nevertheless, I think that Bell has more total upside between pass catching, pass blocking, goal line use than Clyde Edwards-Alaire, and he will be a running back two the rest of the way. Tough question number two. The last time Devontae Adams was healthy, back in week one, Robert Tanyan didn't have a a catch. With Adams back, is Tanyan a sure fire every week starting tight end. Matt? 
Uh, so Robert Tanyan has caught 11 passes in the last two weeks for 148 yards and four touchdowns. And those are very good numbers, but let's consider the entirety of his three-year career, much of which has been played with Devonte Adams. His 11 catches over those two games were 41% of his career receptions, <laughs> 52% of his career yardage, and 57% of his career touchdowns. Mm-hmm. But maybe Aaron Rodgers just figured out Something was finally there or figured out how to use a tight end. Something he barely has done at any point in his career. That's why I think that realistically we can expect Jimmy Graham numbers out of Robert Tanyan once Devontae Adams comes back. And Jimmy Graham averaged three catches for 34 yards throughout his two-year Packer career. So I do not think he's an every-week starting tight end. All right. Brian, is Robert Tanyan an every-week starting tight end? I have sort of the same things to say, but with a different answer. So tight ends haven't factored into Green Bay's offense since like the days of Bubba Franks or like that one. Jermichael Finley had like a a cup of coffee for a minute Mm -hmm. as an elite tight end. Uh, Packers tight end finishes as a whole in catches uh, starting from last year, 22nd, 10th in 2018, 26th and 24th in 2016. So the 2018 year, Jimmy Graham had 55 catches and nearly 700 yards. He was the second leading receiver for the Packers. Mm-hmm. There was Devontae Adams had a monster year, played 15 games, almost 1,400 yards and three touchdowns. No other wide receiver outside of Adams on that team. Jimmy Graham, the second leading receiver. Virtually the same situation for the Packers this year. Tanyan looks better than a cooked Jimmy Graham from 2018. So I'm going to say yes. He's an every week starting tight end. He is an every week starting tight end. And there's another way to answer this question. Is he a top 12 tight end? The answer is yes. I mean, there are only, in my, the way I look at it, there are eight reliable tight ends. In a draft, we thought going into the draft, this was a deep year for tight end, but a lot of the bubble guys haven't panned out. Hayden Hurst, Austin Cooper, Evan Ingram, Dan Arnold, Cook, Dan <laughs> Arnold, all all of these guys disasters. So there aren't twelve good tight ends to go around. I'm certainly not going to be not. I'm certainly not going to be benching Robert Tanyan with all of the touchdowns so far. And I think maybe most importantly, Tanyan just passes the eye test. He looks athletic. He can catch. He's caught ninety three percent of the passes that have gone Tanyan's way. He has zero drops on the season, and you can make a pretty strong case. That after Devontae Adams, Tanyan is Aaron Rodgers' second best target. Maybe, especially with Alan Lazard out, Aaron Jones yeah. maybe is, is 2A and 2B. So, yes, you can start Robert Tanyan the rest of the year, every week. Tough question number three. C.D. Lamb or Amari Cooper, teammates, for the rest of the year, who you got? Brian? Michael Gallup would like a word with you. But anyway, I'm back to your question. Nobody, I'm assuming nobody would have taken Gallup in this game. I was tempted. But anyway, over the last three weeks, Cooper has out-targeted Lamb 32-24. to 24, But Lamb has compiled more catches, yards, and touchdowns during that three-week span. Of course, we can throw out most of the season stats because Dak is on IR now. Mm-hmm. But last week, Lamb saw 11 targets to Cooper's four. Dalton rarely looked Cooper's way. And C.D. Lamb has been very consistent in his rookie year with at least five catches in every game. He also leads the Cowboys in end zone targets so far. Consistent is something that Amari Cooper has never been throughout his career. Yes, the first four weeks, 
he was more than consistent, was blowing up. But uh, he wet the bed last week. He's wet the bed in like 50% of his career games. Uh, failed to reach five catches in nearly half of his games last year. I just see the up and down for Cooper too much. And I see CD as a consistently safe floor with a massive ceiling. The best wide receiver on that team right now is CD Lamb. Yeah. Uh, I'll take both, by the way. Uh, Cooper is top three in targets and receptions. Lamb is top 13 in both of those categories. They're both averaging about 85 yards per game. And I like Cooper a lot more this year in the Mike McCarthy, more free-flowing offense. But the one thing is, Lamb plays out of the slot. So he's going to consistently get slot corners covering him who generally aren't as good as outside corners, while Cooper will likely face top cover corners for the rest of the year, like James Bradbury last week, who made his day very difficult. And that's the tiebreaker. So I'll take Lamb, but it's pretty close to even. You guys did a great job with this question. You know, after Dallas drafted C.D. Lamb, I proclaimed that he'd be the Cowboys' best receiver by the end of the year. I was wrong. It took four weeks. Oh, it's he's all you know. He's already the best receiver. Well, you're still on right. That, on that, yeah. Well, that's true. I am. It's yeah. It's it's a humble brag, really. Mm-hmm. You get right down to it. Um, I, I I think for all the reasons that you've mentioned here, he's immune to the bust game. I love that he runs from the slot. I love all the usage they've given him. And in a historic draft class, or what is shaping up to be a historic draft class for wide receivers, Ceedee Lamb might be the best out of all of them. Does that mean CeeDee Lamb's going to be the best every week? No, but I think in totality of the season, CeeDee Lamb will be the best. Denver and Las Vegas are going to be kicking themselves for years and years. I think you're right. (laughs) Taking Ruggs and Judy over CeeDee Lamb. And Jefferson, for that matter. Well, maybe, yeah. I mean, yeah, they could have had Jefferson, too. Well, no, Jefferson Lamb was the better. third. I, I know, but yeah. Jefferson oh, yeah. was the, oh, what, the fifth. Gotcha, gotcha, right. gotcha. Yeah, right. yeah, yeah. yeah. Atlanta takes on Minnesota, and let's uh, let's begin with the passing game. Julio Jones removed from the injury report on Friday, give, and barring a last-minute setback on his hamstring, he will, he will go. Now, he would be an A grade were it not for the threat of re-injury that we all experienced two weeks ago. Jones runs from all over the field, and he has a deeply positive matchup at every stop against Minnesota's green secondary of Cameron Dantzler, Mike Hughes, and Jeff Gladney. I will note this, though. Mike Zimmer has owned Julio Jones. His average (laughs) career game against Minnesota, 38 yards and 0.2 touchdowns. That's it. I'm just picturing Zimmer shadowing Julio Jones. Personally, yeah. out on the field? <laughs> it's been, it is shocking what Zimmer has done to Julio Jones. Hey, Julio, need a dollar? <laughs> I don't even know what that means. <laughs> I don't either. <laughs> Calvin Ridley gets an A. He has succeeded despite Matt Ryan's struggles, and we'll talk about that in a minute, posting over 100 yards in all four of his healthy games. In the last three games, without Julio Jones, Ridley's averaging 12 targets per game. That probably comes down a bit here with Julio Jones back, but... The Vikings also can't centralize their coverage on Julio Jones, so it probably evens out. The Vikings are giving up 193 yards per game to receivers. That is the fourth most. They've also allowed multiple touchdowns to receivers in back-to-back weeks. So, A grade for Calvin Ridley. Let's get to Matt Ryan, who is just playing bad right now. His game last week is the worst game I've ever seen Matt Ryan play. He has thrown one touchdown in his last three games. The last time Matt Ryan threw one touchdown over a span of three games were his second, third, and fourth ever NFL games. 
back in 2008. You're going to say like fifth grade football. It could have been, but he was probably torching, <laughs> you know, Billy Jenkins in the backyard. So that, I think he was probably good there too. Minnesota's allowed five touchdown passes over the past two weeks, and I think you keep starting Matt Ryan here. As bad as he was last week, I'm still giving him a C here just because the Vikings are so malleable and Julio Jones is coming back. Russell Gage is on the bench. Uh, I I thought he was possibly startable when Julio Jones was out, but not anymore. And Hayden Hurst is a tough start because Zimmer's been brutally tough on tight ends. Over Minnesota's last 30 games, the Vikings have given up two tight end scores and two 100-yard games to tight ends. That's it. So Hayden Hurst is on the bench. That brings us to Todd Gurley, fresh off his first 100-yard rushing performance since 2018. The Vikings are allowing the seventh most rushing attempts, the seventh most rushing yards to opposing running backs, and starters are averaging 80 yards and a score per game. 80 yards and a score per game puts Todd Gurley on a B grade. Let's go to the Vikings side. Dalvin Cook is out. Alexander Madison inherits Dalvin's 21 touches per game. Get this. Madison last week, even though Dalvin got knocked out at what, about the one-third mark of the game, he had 23 touches in that game. It's a great opportunity for him. The Falcons are average against the run, but they've been a disaster through the air as they have been for five straight seasons. They're giving up nine receptions to running backs on a per game basis. Jeez. And the second most receiving yards, 63 through the air. If Madison's going to get most of those nine receptions and 63 yards, and then he chips in another 60, 80, 100 yards through the ground, Alexander Madison's in my top five. I, I think Mike Among Boone is almost to take a chance on me. Styles. I considered uh, Mike I Boone as to take to a chance say. on me. That's right. You could go with with Mike Boone here, just like you might have gone with Alexander Madison. Absolutely. As a take a chance on me player in this matchup. Let's go to the passing game where Kirk Cousins gets a B. The average passing game against the Falcons is a staggering 345 yards and three touchdowns. This is the most favorable quarterback matchup of any team. So Kirk Cousins gets a B here, and considering they're without Dalvin Cook, I do expect a few more passes, not a lot. It'll still be run heavy for the Vikings, but there will be a few more passes to be had. And we saw Cousins throw 14 more passes than usual on Sunday night when Cook got knocked out of that game. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying he's going to get another 14 here, but he might get half that. He might get a spare seven, and that makes Kirk Cousins highly relevant in this game. So are his receivers. Adam Thielen's absolutely in play here with an A grade. In each of the past two games, Thielen has seen double-digit targets and tallied at least 80 yards. Atlanta's allowing a whopping 215 yards per game to receivers. That's second most, and they've allowed a receiver to find the end zone in four of five games. Justin Jefferson gets a B grade. Atlanta's secondary giving up 215 yards to receivers. That gives him an opportunity to have a nice game here as well. It's no coincidence that Adam Thielen is surging since Justin Jefferson started to come alive. What's good for the offense is it's good, good for, for the, the offense. offense. You got it. Uh, Irv Smith got more attention last week. I just I need to see more than one game. I'm not ready to, but Falcons have been bad against tight ends. If you're in a pinch, you could go with Irv Smith here. But you really, could even go with Kyle Rudolph too. You could, you could try Kyle Rudolph, but I, Irv Smith was the guy last week. I don't know if it's going to be two in a row or not. And I'm not ready to say that it necessarily will be. When we come back, we'll continue through matchups, including Arizona at Dallas. Can Kenyon Drake, who looked at least okay last week, and he'd stay on track. We'll tell you a little bit about that matchup. Plus, if you want all 
of my player ratings. Go to guillotineleagues.com, guillotineleagues.com. You can also join a fresh, brand new Guillotine Leagues. Drafts happening almost every night at guillotineleagues.com. We encourage you to check that out. More Fantasy Football Weekly coming back in moments. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is. And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more... Right now, you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Fantasy Football Weekly continues. Paul Charchian, Matt Harrison, Brian Johnson with you. As I mentioned going into the break, Arizona takes on Dallas. Kenyon Drake, uh, maybe the most frustrating fantasy player this year that doesn't have an injury excuse that's been built in. It's been bad for him. Many people believe he's not the best starting running back in Arizona. Oh, well, his excuse is, I'm just not very good. Maybe that might be true. I've been harping on it all offseason. He had is that an excuse? Yeah, he, <laughs> his he, excuse is that you've been harping on. Yeah, exactly. He's he's very upset at me. Yeah, uh, but thirty three percent of his fantasy points last year came in two games. Mm. That's that's not that's good. Not good. That, that's not good. That's spike weeks. Um, I am giving both Chase Edmonds and Kenyon Drake C grades this week because it's likely likely going to be pretty close to an even split, and Edmonds is closing that gap pretty quickly. Last week, Edmonds was on the field for 45% of the plays. And for the Cowboys, since middle linebacker Leighton Vander Esch went down, the Cowboys are allowing 5.3 yards mm. per carry to enemy backs, so there's plenty to go around here. Drake isn't involved nearly at all in the passing game, so Edmonds would be the guy getting the plus added to the C if we There's, did those sorts of things. We on don't this do show. that, so he's a C. Okay, um, Kyler A, Hopkins A, Christian Kirk he gets a B. Uh, he seems fully healthy after notching seven targets, five receptions, and seventy-eight yards last week in New York. Plus, five boundary receivers have topped 100 yards against the Cowboys this year, and Odell's 81 yards and two scores don't count in that uh, that list. I told you to pick up Christian Kirk two weeks ago. This yeah. is the start There's of the payoff, payoff right yeah, here. It's coming. Uh, let's go to the other side on the hey, Dallas by side. By the way, before you get away from Kyler Murray, yeah, yeah. total number of uh, players with more rushing touchdowns 
than Kyler Murray. Well, I I remember last week I mentioned that he had the same amount as Alvin Kamara. One. Dalvin Cook yeah. is the only player with more rushing touchdowns than quarterback. He's a top 12 running back right now. Yeah, that's probably right. He's uh, about, I think he's 63 yards and a touchdown per game on yep. the ground. Sounds about right. Uh, Ezekiel Elliott, I'm giving him an A grade. Honestly, this offense probably just goes through Zeke even more now. And the cards are allowing 158 combo yards per game plus a touchdown to opposing backs. I think that all goes to Zeke here. Andy Dalton, he's the new dude. Uh, I'm going to give him a B. This offense is still very solid and sound, and he was your take-a-chance-on-me quarterback, wasn't he, Charge? Yes, he was. Awesome. Uh, Amari Cooper, he's getting an A grade in this one. Giants corner James Bradbury shut him down last week, but Pat Pete is not the Pat Pete of old. Mm -mm. He's allowed some huge games already this year as Terry McLaurin had the most notable one where he went for 7 for 125 and 1 in Peterson's coverage. Michael Gallup and C.D. Lamb, both solid Bs in this game. Gallup looked like Dalton's favorite target at the tail end of the Giants game with two acrobatic catches. Uh, The two hooked up for three catches and 65 yards in the second half. And Lamb has between five and eight receptions in every game. He's just super solid. And Jamison Crowder just dinged up the secondary from the slot to the tune of eight catches for 116 and a score. You know what? CD Lamb's an A grade too. All right, all right. Dalton Schultz. But but, the, but if he's an A grade, then we can't give the A B to C D. That's the sad part oh, about making him an A grade. I'm sorry. Okay. Um, Dalton Schultz. He gets a C grade. I'm a little bit nervous that Schultz's production will go down a little bit under a new quarterback. Uh, he's currently eighth in both targets and receptions among tight ends. But the cards have been very good against the tight end this year, unlike last year. Uh, They're only allowing four catches for 43 yards and one score on the year. Remember when the Cardinals were in the NFC East? This was was. was an old uh, NFC East matchup. It's a a rekindled rivalry from the NFC East. You know, they were St. Louis Cardinals at that point, too. Rams. No, they weren't. And then they moved to <laughs> They Phoenix. were the Chicago Cardinals yeah. at one well, Yeah, time. but I'm talking about like 1995 when they were the Arizona Cardinals yeah, but they were just, the NFC East. They had just moved. They didn't realign at that point. When I was a kid, I collected Ricky Prohl Oh, yeah. Cards. Ricky Prohl. Ricky Prohl. Number 87. Yeah, yeah. He was good. I had some Ricky Prohl cards. Uh, he was really good. Uh, I was convinced he was going to be like a notable player heading nope. for a big career, and mm-hmm. I was going to cash in on David Ricky. Boston was going to be oh, the guy. David Boston. They're like, oh, one. The only thing I really remember about him is him complaining because defenders were tearing his nipple rings out. Yeah. Oh, poor guy. Valid, uh, yeah. valid complaint. Maybe you don't play with your nipple rings in. Just, a, just an idea. Oh, don't the shoulder pads protect your nipple rings? Apparently not. Do you need, I don't know. Do you need nipple pads? Rams take Hasties. on <laughs> Ram, Rams take on the San Francisco 49ers. Los Angeles has added Cam Akers to the league's most befuddling backfield. What do you do now, Brian? Yeah, it uh, Daryl Henderson still the lead back. Just going to give him the C. He gets the only starting grade. He led the LA backfield in snaps last week, scored twice, uh, but we st- still saw a fair amount of Malcolm Brown and like you said, charge and Cam, Cam Akers, Akers was, good. was worked into the mix even yeah. more. And despite injuries to Nick Bosa and Solomon Thomas, the 49ers are still suffocating opposing backs, allowing only 63 rushing yards per game to the position. That's third fewest. Uh, No back has top 60 rushing yards against San Francisco. Henderson is fourth in red zone carries among all backs, so hopefully he'd get the goal line plunge. I will give him a C here, but there's a lot to be worried about when it comes to Daryl Henderson. Uh, Over to the receiving game for the Rams, Cooper Cup going to give him a B, has at least seven targets 
and 65 yards in each of his past three games. He's basically the safest Ram there is. He's also scored in two of the last three games. His history against the Niners kind of sucks, though. Has never topped 31 yards. But again, the 49ers, secondary ravaged by injuries. Ryan Fitzpatrick just feasted on them for 350 yards and three scores. So Cup gets a B. And I'm still going to give Robert Woods a starting grade with the C, despite seeing just six targets per game over his last four. He needs more volume, but he has a favorable matchup against Akello Witherspoon, who is allowing a passer rating of 148 in his coverage. And for what it's worth, Woods had eight catches for 117 yards when these teams last met in Week 16 last season. Uh, Over to Tyler Higby. Man, I'm close to a bench here. I will give him a C just because it's a bye week and there's not a lot to work with at tight end. If you take out his uh, three-touchdown game in Week 2 against the Eagles. Disaster. Higby's averaging 2.5 catches and 28 yards with no touchdowns. I can't do it. (laughs) I know, and the matchup is not great against the 49ers. They are one of 10 teams to surrender less than 200 yards to opposing tight ends so far. That said, San Francisco just surrendered six catches, 94 yards, and a score to Miami's tight ends last week. Higby had nine catches for 104 in that Week 16 game, so if you have a better option, Ben Higby, but I'll still give him a very, very, very soft C here. And Jared Goff, I'm just going to give him a C as well. He did go off for 3-23-2 when these teams last met in uh, late December. Already mentioned that Stu Beard smacked him down. Um the 49ers, that is, last week. And San Francisco's prior three games, they were shutting down opposing quarterbacks, but they were playing the NFC East in those three yeah. games. That's the JV <laughs> of the NFL. Over to the San Francisco side, not a ton to talk about here. George Kittle will give him a B. The Rams have only allowed the eighth most yards to tight ends, but they have yielded the sixth most targets to the position. So a player of Kittle's caliber should be able to capitalize on his opportunities. Uh, He played in both games against the Rams last year, logged two solid stat lines, eight catches for 103 yards, and then five catches for 79 yards and a touchdown. Pretty safe floor for Kittle if he's on the field, no matter who he plays. Debo Samuel and Brandon Ayuk, both on the bench. Opposing wide receivers are averaging less than 12 catches and 135 yards per game as a whole against the Rams this year. Only two wide receivers have managed to top 80 yards. Only one wide receiver has scored against the Rams. That was Stefan Diggs. So Samuel and Ayuk on the bench. And so is Jimmy G. Uh, he should make his return this week. Yeah, expected to start. Only totaled one passing touchdown across two games against the Rams last year. And the last time he played, he looked like dog s. Well, he got uh, he got benched. He did, yeah, yeah so. not because of injury. He looked awful. Well, so they, you know, they claim <laughs> yeah. that the ankle wasn't right, but there was a lot not going right with Jimmy Garoppolo. And lastly, let me mention Raheem Mostert real quick. I'm going to put him on the bench. He did take over lead back duties uh, last week, but it's a tough matchup since week three. L.A. has held opposing running backs to. 69 nice rushing yards per game, and no back has scored via ground or air during that span. I'm done. Okay. When we come back, <laughs> I was trying to decide if I wanted to get Kansas City Buffalo into this one or the next one. Oh, I no, think we're it's the next we got one. time. We got time. We got time. We'll do it. We'll do it next. Uh, we'll do it next segment. We'll tell you what to expect. Miko Hardman steps in for Sammy Watkins. Is he a guy you can pick up and play? My fingers are crossed. Well, you'll get to find out next segment. Video game, not video games. <laughs> That's my other show. Video game number is for Miko Hartman. Yeah, there we go. Yeah, oh, Brian, like you it. did it. We'll, we'll go with that. Uh, <laughs> Fantasy Football Weekly returns when we come back. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. 
like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. segment as we do in every final segment of the show we begin with premature speculation i'm paul charchi you can follow me on twitter at paul charchi and my co-hosts are brian johnson at btxj and matt harrison at explosive output on twitter and by the way if you're some kind of up-and-coming enterprise out there and you want btxj it's for sale. <laughs> it's definitely for sale because okay. it's a rarity now. I've heard. <laughs> to have a four-letter, four uh, they're all Twitter gone. Hat. You you can't get a four-digit. No, I don't think you can. Twitter handle anymore. I don't. I don't think you can. Very, it's. I don't know. I don't know what the resale value of BTXJ would be. I mean, it sounds like it could be a stock ticker symbol. Well, I like, think your your best hope yeah. is that like, you know, Boston Jerry, I don't know some some company with has those letters goes public. Boston Technical X-Ray Corp. Yeah. No. Jorporation. 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 <laughs> we'll go with that. Jobby. Uh, premature speculation. These are three players we believe you want to pick up this week that will end up being in high demand next week, but they're already going to be on your team. Yeah, because we've, be used, we've used the time machine, yeah, we obviously, well, to yes, go. Yes, because we've used that. A recent example of success with this segment? Um, yeah. Yeah. Hmm. That would be Chase Claypool. Good job, Scott week. Fish. Tip of the hat to Scott Fish. All right, Brian, who is your premature speculation player? All right, I don't have a ton of fancy stats to throw at you here about Philip Rivers, other than Ugh. so far he has what? four passing touchdowns <laughs> yeah. and five interceptions. I'm not saying to pick up Philip Rivers, but oh, I'm leading right. in to my pre-spec. Okay, oh, okay. all right. <laughs> okay, Go good. I've watched. Ooh, I dodged a bullet there. <laughs> Thought I needed a new co-host. I've watched. Uh, more Colts than I would have liked to so far. They are a good team, but it's not because of Phillip Rivers. He essentially throws the ball into the ground or away from the receiver. Imagine like Magneto from the X-Men mm-hmm. with anti-magnetic powers and you throw a magnet at him. That's like Phillip Rivers trying to hit T.Y. Hilton 
right, downfield. So who are, who is your who is your premature? Speaker? Jacoby Brissett, because if the Colts want to get serious about making a deep playoff run and being a real contender, they have to get geriatric mm-hmm. Philip Rivers out from under center. Put in Jacoby Brissett, who has proven he is an able NFL quarterback. Barely with well, have you watched Philip Rivers? Like, I know hey, Rivers has been bad. He. Beyond bad. And uh, I, they're trying to save egg on their face in Indy. So in super flex leagues, if you're needy a quarterback, just stash Brissett now because he deserves a shot because Rivers is awful. It's a He's sign. Done. It's a sign when the head coach has to spend his week yeah. explaining who his quarterback is going to be in the next game. So I actually think you're right. If you're in a two quarterback league or a QB flex lead league where these guys are at a premium and you're just trying to find a warm body playing quarterback, the next game the next quarterback, the next backup who probably gets elevated. Without non-injury circumstances, right? right. right. Yeah, definitely. How about some fantasy trades in real life since the trade deadline's not for a couple weeks still? What about Matt Ryan to the Colts? That would be kind of interesting for a rebuilding Falcons. Right, and the Falcons lose this week. They're absolute. They're going quarterback next. They're going Trevor Lawrence. They're going to go Trevor Lawrence. Oh, they're checked out They're going to go Fields. Or how about this? The reunition. Reunition? (laughs) (laughs) I can dig it. Carson Wentz and Frank Reich. Yeah, that would make sense. The, too. the Eagles love yeah. to trade their quarterbacks. Yeah, it could happen. <laughs> it could. I'm, I'm not. I wouldn't rule anything out right now. Uh, Matt, your premature speculation player. Is. Uh, Mike Williams is my guy, and it might be slightly late to premature speculate as he tallied 109 yards and two scores last Monday in New Orleans. However, the Chargers are on a bye this week, which kind of depressed the pickups in many leagues. Um, in ESPN, he went from 34% owned before waivers ran to only 41% owned. So there's still some room here. Out of their bye, they get Jacksonville, Denver, and Vegas, all of which are really good matchups for the wide receiver. Yeah. By the way, the Chargers do not have a difficult passing matchup on their schedule the rest of the fantasy year. Jeez. Their next difficult matchup is week 17 against Kansas City. And we're not playing. And that includes a playoff run of Atlanta, Vegas, and Denver again. Pick up Chargers passing game right now. Foolishly, many fantasy owners have given up on Zach Moss. You're going to regret oh, that man. decision. He is being dropped outright in many, many fantasy leagues. I'd like to remind you of how Zach Moss's season has gone. Week one, his very first NFL experience, he scored a touchdown. Week two, he suffered a turf toe injury. Hasn't seen the field since. He comes back now to an an offense that has tried to run with Devin Singletary. And as he proved on Tuesday night, Devin Singletary is not meant to be a workhorse back. Ain't happening. He is a change of pace back. Period. End of story. The reason they drafted Zach Moss was for him to be the lead back and Singletary to be the change of pace guy. So, Zach Moss being dropped all those places. He is available now. And for people who think he's not good because you really haven't seen him yet, I'll remind you that last year alone, at a college season, he put up 1,500 yards and 15 touchdowns and was named the Pac-12 Offensive Player of the Year. He is really good. He can catch. He can run inside, and he would be the goal line running back for the Buffalo Bills, Zach Moss. Now, Charge, I know your favorite kid is Jonu Smith, Jonu but Smith Zach is. Moss has got to be pretty close to second. Well, not, and not yet, and, and you're you're just you, you've just had him in the in the hospital for a while, and you br- bring him home. Yeah, that's right. Matt that's tried right. to lowball me on Zach Moss the other day in our no, that was league. me. 
Oh, I tried to. Oh, you, you have the explosive house. output name. That's very <laughs> confusing. Well, I can't help it. I, See, that's I, I why he always thinks my trade are, are trade terrible. things are terrible. Yeah, it's, no, that was me. No, that's still <laughs> true. <laughs> Zach Moss. I don't trade with you anymore. All right, let's get to our final set of matchups, including Kansas City taking on Buffalo for Patrick Mahomes, Tyreek Hill, and Travis Kelsey. A grades across the board, but let me tell you, I get very close to giving Patrick Mahomes the rare B grade for him. This offensive line has not played well, and starting guard Kalechi Osemele tore tendons in both knees. He's out. Sammy Watkins is out, and the Bills should have star cornerback Tredavious White back. I mean, this is this does not bode well for this Kansas City passing attack. Fortunately for Mahomes, his most important wide receiver, Tyreek Hill, works out of the slot a lot, and the one place Tredavious White doesn't go is he does not play the slot. So Hill is going to face a far easier matchup against Teron Johnson, who allows a passer rating of 104 in his coverage. But Mahomes' most exploitable matchup is with Travis Kelsey against the league's worst tight end defense. The Bills rank dead last in tight end receptions allowed, dead last in tight end yards allowed. Monster game coming from Travis Kelsey. And that is why Patrick Mahomes retains an A grade. Nicole Hardman is a potential starter here with Sammy Watkins out. He should see an uptick in usage. Last week, with Watkins missing much of the game, Nicole Hardman posted season highs in snap count and play percentage. Where Hardman gets tricky is he'll now draw Tredavious White oh, on the no. outside. Uh, it's not a matchup I want. So watch Tredavious White's injury status. If White doesn't go, we'll bump Hardman up to a B. If Tredavious White is going, then I think Nicole Hardman is nothing more than a dart throw C grade, and you're probably best off leaving him on the bench because Tredavious White is awesome. Let's go to the Buffalo side of this matchup. We'll begin with Josh Allen. Until last Tuesday, well, really up and through this week, Allen has faced arguably the league's easiest passing schedule. So it's a little concerning that he regressed against the Titans and he now faces the best pass defense he's seen this year, Kansas City. The Chiefs' secondary is at full strength with the return of Brashad Breland, who we'll talk about more in a minute. And Allen's receivers will face solid coverage at all points of the field. The Chiefs are allowing only 239 passing yards per game. That's six best. And prior to their lapse against Derek Carr last week, inexplicable lapse, might I add, no quarterback had thrown for more than one touchdown in a game against the Chiefs. Hmm. So I have just a B grade on Josh Allen in this game. B grade on Steph Diggs. Through five games, he ranks fourth in reception, second in yards, and likely won't slow down this week, especially if John Brown continues to miss games. And we think John Brown's going to go into this one. He's off the injury report. Kansas City has surrendered the seventh fewest fantasy points to opposing receivers. And Diggs should face Charvarius West most often in coverage. He's been mostly good, but he did yield 92 yards in a score last week against Oakland. But mostly he's been a lot better than that. B grade on Steph Diggs. Let's go to John Brown off the injury report, but you do want to just stay alert here because calf injuries do tend to flare up at the last minute. Now, prior to his injuries, Brown was great in weeks one and two. As a reminder, he scored in both games. He runs predominantly from the outside where he'll most often match up against Bashad Breland, probably the best coverage corner that the Chiefs have in Breland's one game back from suspension. You may remember Bashad Breland, self-described marijuana enthusiast, Mm -hmm. missed four games due to suspension for... Marijuana. Weird. Yeah, oddly enough. Um, in his one game back, he was great. Um, he allowed, he has allowed Bashad Breland three touchdowns in his coverage over the past three seasons, including this season, which really is only one game. So really, it's three touchdowns in two seasons. But that's still awfully good. Uh, so John Brown, just the C grade. 
Let's talk about the running backs. Devin Singletary, it was mostly invisible on Tuesday night, which is worrisome. And here's Zach Moss lurking, as I mentioned earlier. Fortunately, a very positive matchup for Singletary. Four of the five starting running backs Kansas City has faced have either posted 100 combo yards or scored or done both. Pro Football Focus ranks the Chiefs' run defense 24th, and their five yards per carry ranks 28th in the league. But is Devin Singletary the lead back? I think TJ Yeldon should have been the lead back last yeah, week. Yeah, after seven yards per carry, yeah. yeah. Yeldon did look better than Devin Singletary. Or is it Zach Moss? And Singletary, by the way, C grade. Zach Moss, you're going to have to speculate. I, As much as I like Zach Moss, I can't tell you how much his workload is going to be, but I can tell you that he was full participant in practice all week. Presumably this turf toe is finally behind him, and he's ready for a decent workload for really what would be the first time in his career. I'm hoping that he gets to 10 to 12-ish touches. And if that happens, then I think he will earn the C grade I'm giving Zach Moss. But I don't know that that's going to be the case. Again, this Chiefs run defense is bad. And if Zach Moss is going to get 10 to 12 touches at five yards per carry, we're sitting at a C grade and a possible touchdown for the guy who should be the goal line back if Josh Allen does not run one in. So you're saying this week... Zach Moss has to earn your C grade. I'm saying he, I'm giving him a C grade <laughs> because we don't equivocate with our grades. Final segment, our final matchup of this show. Green Bay taking on Tampa Bay. This is a star-laden game with the return of Devontae Adams, mm-hmm. Mike Evans, Chris Godwin. Both of these offenses fully healthy. All the stars on the field. Hey, baby. Who do you like? Maybe. Well, I like, Who don't you like? I, I like Aaron Jones. I'm giving him an A grade. Uh, even in a scenario where a defense is really good against the run, as Tampa Which is. Tampa is awesome against the run. Jones is matchup proof right now. The Bucks are allowing almost eight receptions and 57 yards to the running back position through the air. Those are both bottom seven in the league. And Jones is third amongst runners in targets per game, fifth in receptions, and sixth in receiving yards per game. So that keeps him in play with an A. Aaron Rodgers. He gets an A. He's basically the top quarterback in the league right now, third in yards per game, first in touchdown passes per game. Tampa's stats against the pass look improved, but when you have the ghost of Drew Brees, Jeff Driscoll, Brett Rippon, and Nick Foles on the schedule, it's not super difficult to look above average. By the way, Teddy Bridgewater and Justin Herbert each torched this defense, and I expect Rodgers to do the same, especially with Devontae Adams back, and of course he's getting an A grade. Mm. Eight and a half receptions for 96 yards per game before getting hurt. He's healthy. And to me, that means the rest of the passing game probably goes back to the bench. I'm not a Robert Tanyan believer quite yet. Uh, when Devonte Adams and Alan Lazard are both out of the lineup, sure, Tanyan is averaging three touchdowns per game, <laughs> but he has scored in the other two games played this yes, year, he has. but he was barely targeted in the game against the Lions when Adam was still playing. He only had two targets in that game. I've bagged on him enough. I'd like to see him perform in a game where Rodgers was healthy and had some receivers before I give him a starting grade. Tampa's injury report, going into... Friday morning had Evans, Fournette, Godwin, Gronk, McCoy, and Scotty Miller all on it. Yeah, a couple all, of those all, guys have all, all off it they've now. All dropped off. It's yes. weird. So uh, it seems like they needed extra rest, I guess. Uh, so 
Tom Brady, let's start with him. On a per-game basis, Brady is top 10 in the league in yards and touchdowns. Since the Packers seem to score at will, it's likely going to be a shootout, and the Pack have obliged to allow some decent numbers on the season to opposing quarterbacks. Every quarterback who who has faced them has topped 240 yards. Three of the four have thrown for multiple scores, so I'm giving Brady a B. Mm -hmm. Mike Evans is getting a B grade. Uh, He scored a touchdown in every game this season, and the Packers are giving up almost a touchdown and a half per game to wide receivers. His ankle injury is not believed to be serious. Now, Chris Godwin, on the other hand, I'm only going to give him a C grade in this one. I'm still nervous that the hamstring injury that has taken him out of games twice now this year, that's one that lingers. And I, I know they he's, took him he's, off the injury off the report. report. I want to believe he's fully healthy if he he's off the injury report. He practiced in full on Friday. But he did uh-huh. practice in full on Friday. I'm just still nervous that that uh, that those hamstring injuries are tricky. I know. And, and, and they can come back and... I just but want the to match see up in the slots. Good. Yeah, it it really is. Uh, so I'm going to give him a C grade. You can upgrade it to a B if you're feeling better. But uh, yeah, I'm just a little nervous there. I, I'm not going to contest your B on Evans, but Jair Alexander slowly becoming yeah, arguably the top shutdown corner in the NFL. So he, he really is. It's just B minus. Evans scores in every game, so even good. if they're one. Catch for one yard and one touchdown. That's how Evans rolls. Yeah, I wouldn't bench Evans, but when you see Jair Alexander on the other side, yeah. take caution. Um, not going as far as Scotty Miller or Tyler Johnson. The Pack are only allowing 12 receptions per game to wide receivers this year. And then Gronk and Cameron Brait, uh, I have them both on the bench. I think Brait outscores Gronk for the rest of the year, by the way. But neither of them will score in this game. The Packers haven't allowed a tight end touchdown in their past nine games. Here's why I nine times. Here's why Maybe. I disagree with you on both Godwin and Evans. I would upgrade both of them. I have Godwin okay. as, a, as an A grade. You know the Packers defense on paper, I think, looks better than it is. They've managed to dodge Kenny Galladay, who they missed, mm-hmm. Michael Thomas, who they missed. They played Julio Jones and Calvin Ridley, and Jones left immediately, and Ridley limped through the game. Sure. I just think this is a more, other than Jair Alexander, I think this is a much more susceptible uh, pass I can hear that than we, argument. Than we, re, than we realize right now. And, you know, if if Godwin's removed from the injury report, I want to believe that. I don't have to sweat that, that hamstring uh, popping back up again. So I've actually got him inside my top 10 receivers, and I've got an A grade on him. But that's just me. Uh, I got. A, we've got a couple of minutes left, and I want to shoot a couple of questions at you guys. You're a Clyde Edwards Alaire owner. Are you selling now for fifty cents on the dollar, or are you going to hold and just hope things shake out in your favor? In redraft, I think I would sell for fifty cents on the dollar and try to get something back because I don't think he's going to be a league winner unless Bell gets hurt. And mm-hmm. granted, Bell might not be all that great, but he still has. Gas in the tank, but in Dynasty, I think you got to hold and just see what you got moving for forward. For next year. It was alarming. This didn't get a lot of press leading up to the draft, but supposedly at LSU, they had like a rotation at the goal line among the running backs just because CEH wasn't getting it done, and he's not getting it done in the pros. So No. That's, I'm selling I, I redraft. Was, I was ready to assume Clyde Edwards-Alaire would not get a lot of goal line use. Didn't necessarily care. I'd like to buy at 50 cents on the mm-hmm. dollar right now on Clyde Edwards Elaire, mostly because let's just stash him on the bench. Le'Veon Bell has a has, has a real injury history, plus not that good. 
We're looking at a Week 16 matchup with the Atlanta Falcons. <laughs> oh. And I'm adding as many Chiefs as I can, and I'll oh. stash them oh, on the they bench. They got the Panthers year. in like three weeks, too. Yeah. <laughs> they, they also have a Miami Week 14 game, which is another good playoff matchup. I like that, too. All right. Uh, if you'd like to uh, get more of what you've heard here, go to guillotineleagues.com. All my player rankings available for free. Also, most days we are creating brand new guillotine leagues. You can join the fun of the guillotine league, the hottest, freshest new format in fantasy sports, guillotineleagues.com. Thank you for listening. If you've been listening to the podcast, please take a moment to rate and review the podcast. Otherwise, thanks for listening to our over-the-air broadcast. Bye-bye, everybody. See you next week. Fantasy Football Weekly is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bop Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and two-door cinema club. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex.